I'm still young, wasting my youth. I'll grow up next summer. I'm back on those drugs. I quit. I kept my dealer's number. I'm still young, wasting my youth. I'll grow up next summer. I'm back on that girl. I quit. I should have lost her number. I'm overcome. Welcome back to 24's podcast, best video gaming sports podcast on the entire internet. Late-ass podcast once again. I gotta get out of the habit of doing all these fucking late-ass podcasts. But I'm back. It's like 12-19. Late podcast. Later than like almost all of my other podcasts, but you don't care how late it is. You want the good stuff. You want the podcast. I'm back. Sports day after a video game day. I'll get into that kind of at the top of the podcast. What do I got for you today? Let me look at my journal. Like, I, I don't have all this stuff planned out. Yeah, I got, um, as the title of the podcast says, the debacle with Jane Slater. We'll probably open with that. Get into some free agency news that happened over the last couple of days as well. Some pretty important stuff. Um, also, what else do I got? Oh, yeah, Cynthia Freeland's mock draft. I usually um, talk about certain people's mock drafts. This is her first of the year. Uh, I usually, I'll, I'll get into mock draft analysis and all that good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, right here. One more body ass. I'm still young, wasting my youth. I'll grow up next summer. I'm back on those drugs. I quit. I kept my dealer's number. I'm still young, wasting my youth. Let me stand up. I ate way too much, way too much food before getting on the podcast, and now, I mean, I'm fucking feeling it, (laughs) I mean, oh my god, I feel sick, Jesus Christ, stand your ass up, 24, get up, so like yesterday, I was talking about feeling fucking burned out, I got a burp, no, I don't, I just, like, I talked about it yesterday where I was, like, feeling burned out by video games. And then I was like, I want to play Doom Eternal. And uh, I played it for, like, five or six hours today. <laughs> I played it. Because I was, I, I still have not beaten the um, the master level, the super gore fest on classic mode Nightmare. Where, essentially, you pick up all of the weapons, all of your old weapons throughout the level. It's so fucking hard. Where, where am I? I'm in this, like, room... Where, like, there's a Doom Slayer plus, like, a whole bunch of Cacodemons and, like, the green, um, the green, what, what are the, what are the demons in? In Doom Eternal? I was such a nerd for this almost a year ago. Demons in Doom Eternal. It's like, there's one with, like, two, uh, two, uh, like, arms. Is it the Arch File? No, 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 no. There's no way that's the arch file. It's weirdly enough not on the wiki. I'm trying to find it. It's like it's the it's the tentacle one, not the tentacle one. It's like the um, what's it called? The arch the the mancubus the mancubus, except it's it's like. It's the green version of the Mangubus. 
Like I, I, I've been like, there's two, there's also the cloaked rhino pink demons. And then there's like a doom slayer. And I'm in like a claustrophobic room. I remember I like fucking played that room so many goddamn times. And this is like, if you listen to last night's podcast, I was super frustrated with the game. And I was like, I just don't want to play this anymore. I put it, I put, I, I like changed it from classic to like regular super gore fest or super gore nest, excuse me. And I beat it pretty quickly. I spent like over an hour trying to get through one section, one alleyway. I shit you not. Uh, that's how bad I am at the game. And that's how out of practice, but I like, I like came back and I beat it on classic today pretty easily. And then there was like so many other parts of that level that I got stuck on. I got stuck on the room, the electrical room with the marauder. There's like two marauders in this one level and it's like one is is in a room where you cannot fucking see the marauder at all. It's like a steam it's like a sauna. There's like steam all over the place. You don't know where the marauder is. And then it's like the marauder fucking teleports everywhere. I can't fucking find it. It was terrible. It was terrible. And then I didn't even have the the super shotgun. I just got the fucking super shotgun. And the reason why I got it was that how I got it was I fought another marauder in another tight ass room. That I fucking, like, I, I, I mean, it, it was just a pain in the ass. And I got, like, so frustrated. So fucking frustrated. I was like, if, if I don't turn off my PS5, I'm going to smash something. Like, I kid you not. There were so many times where I was just like, I just want to smash my fucking controller. So, yeah, that's what I did. I'm, I, 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 got, I think I got my swagger back. Is what the kids would say. Yeah, I'm... I'm pretty pissed off with doom eternal i'll take another cool eight plus hours of just not playing it and then i'll jump right in once again so that's kind of what's been going on for the last day for me um we're gonna get started here very very quickly i talk about the media all the time sometimes i you know go in on the media for an hour other times i go in on the media for maybe less than five minutes i'm not really sure how long this is gonna be it's gonna be as long as it needs to take ladies and gentlemen so yesterday in fact around tuesday monday let me pull up the timeline here when she said this around tuesday this thing starts circulating right this thing starts circulating about jane slater the main insider for the Dallas Cowboys for the NFL Network. She is one of the um, better trusted sources. I always say, like, I don't trust usually what she has to say um, in the month of March onward until, like, September, which is, like, a good six months. I'm just, like, I don't really trust her. The majority of her information that she gets is from the Dallas Cowboys and not really from the players. And usually once you are in this area, once you're in free agency in the offseason – Usually what comes out of information is not information. Usually what comes out of organizations, excuse me, when it comes to information is usually significantly inaccurate or just straight up lies. Like significantly inaccurate is a nice way to say they're lying. So what happens is, is that the way that they get out this, it's not inaccurate, these lies. I mean, I'll just say it like it is the lies is they call up their insiders and they'll sing essentially what will bite right? And in Jane Slater's, you know, in her case, she'll bite on a lot of stuff. 
She'll bite on things that are just not true. That just doesn't make any sense. Um, and like, 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 especially in COVID-19, she's talking about how I feel or how she feels about certain things. It's like, I don't like, I mean, she already wasn't necessarily in some of these contract negotiation talks about Dak Prescott already. Like, I don't necessarily know how much she's involved with them. I doubt minimally, to be honest with you. And I feel like Dallas, whoever her source is, is giving her just a bone to pick on or bone to chew and things of that nature. So I kind of have to say to myself, I'm like, I, I don't really believe some of the stuff that she says. Most of the stuff that she says from the months of March to September. So around Monday... Word starts circulating because Jane Slater goes on Dan Patrick's show and says that, you know, you may have already heard of it, that Dak Prescott apparently wants as much money as Patrick Mahomes. Or the direct quote, I believe, is he wants right behind Patrick Mahomes' money. I'll play you the quote and we'll talk about it. Here is... Jane Slater, NFL Network, on Dan Patrick's show, talking about how much money Dak Prescott wants. Excuse me if I'm not 100% on the up and up on where the timestamp is. I have this lately. Like, it's a, it's a Twitter video, so I apologize if it's not where it needs to be, but we'll listen in. Hold on. Believes that he needs to bear what the market value My bad. It's kind of loud. ...is, and they feel like this deal should have gotten done two years ago so your problems with money aren't our problems it's about respect so there still is no change from last year and years past dan there has to be some give by both sides in order to get this done but i truly feel like they want to get it done and as i was told by a team source it feels and their tone kind of went up a bit okay my bad it's a little bit before that hold on i think this is it it's like a t it's it's a three minute video but I think it starts at like the quote itself starts at like two minutes and then goes on for there. And it's like a quick quote that everybody ran with. Let's listen in once again. James Slater, NFL Network on Dan Patrick show. Like he was their franchise guy. And oh, by the way, last year's money was in the ballpark of Russell Wilson slash Jared Goff type money. Now he's looking to be paid right behind Patrick Mahomes, a guy who's gone to the Super Bowl two years in a row. Dak hasn't done that yet. So they feel like it's been a respectable offer. His camp believes that he needs to bear what the market value is, and they feel like this deal should have gotten done two years ago, so your problems with money aren't our problems. It's a that's kind of the quote, and that's the quote that everybody's run with. Yeah, like five seconds of her saying, I think it happened around like the 210 mark where she said like Dax or um, that she believes that Dak will be paid Patrick Mahomes' money, and it's quick. I'll play one more time, and then we'll get into it. Jared Goff type money now he's looking to be paid right behind Patrick Mahomes a guy who's gone to the Super Bowl two years in a row Dak hasn't done that yet so they so that's it that's the quote that's the quote that essentially everybody is up in arms about everybody's like well we can't pay Dak can't pay Dak is money and the issue is well there's a lot of different issues first and foremost this is a I don't know how long she was on the Dan Patrick show I would assume not very long, maybe five, six, seven, eight minutes, something like that. And this was like maybe five seconds out of that eight minutes. And the thing is, right, to give her kind of a, to like defend her a little bit, 
it's hard to like expunge on ideas when you have so little time. It's so it's so hard to kind of like, you know, expand on things, to elaborate on things, to provide some nuance to things. We don't have any time, right? So that's issue number one. You could make an argument that she shouldn't have gone on that show if she doesn't have the time to expand on her ideas. Fair. But, you know, I'll give her some, you know, I'll, I'll give her some leeway on this. The issue is, is that she speculated, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I speculate all the time. How I speculate on the podcast is I say, uh, I think this, or I'm speculating here, and then I go into whatever I'm speculating about. And then I say, I don't know if this is going to happen, but this is how I think about this. And that's it, right? I'm not an NFL media insider. I'm not Jane Slater. I'm just a guy with a podcast, best video gaming sports podcast, by the way, in a microphone, and that's all I got. That's all, in an internet connection, and essentially I'm the best. It's, very, it's not very difficult to beat media journalists and sports journalists. It's very easy, but I'm the best. And, um, but it takes very, very minimal things for me to get things right or to speculate, and it only takes like three words. It's like, I'm speculating. Technically, I'm, it's a compound word, but you know what I mean. I'm speculating here. I think this, this isn't factual. I don't have any evidence to back it up, but I think this is going to happen, right? And Adam Shafter kind of got caught with his pants down in the same situation about a month ago where he's talking about, I, I, I forgot what he was talking about, but he was speculating himself, but it seemed to come off as a report. So everybody took it as a report and ran with it because he didn't clarify, hey, this isn't a report. This is me speculating. This is Jane Slater speculating ladies and gentlemen as evident by the and this by the way that clip happened on monday think what is this what is this this is a bleacher report quote saying dak prescott is looking to get paid right behind patrick mahomes via nfl networks jane slater so that's Bleacher Reports, Gridiron, who quote tweeted, or not even quote tweeted, but quoted that in like some type of an article, right? And then Jane Slater tweeted out yesterday. She's like, and let's not mischaracterize this. That's in line with market value. See my timeline today for more explanation on this context, which essentially the context is for her. I don't even know what, I don't even know the context. I've been like making sure that I understand what she's trying to say. And it's just like, she should, she should just say, hey guys, I fucked up. I fucked up. I, I misrepresented the information that I shared with Dan Patrick. I like, like it got mistaken as a report. It's not a report. It's just my opinion. It's just me speculating. Boom. That's all you would need to do. I don't understand why people in the media are just like so boneheaded and so hardheaded about some of this stuff where it's just like, if you just admit that you fucked up, it's like, I wouldn't have even been talking about this, but because you did, I now got to talk about this. And because you didn't, now, because you didn't admit guilt, now I got to talk about it. I'm not letting you get away with this, Jane. I'm not letting you get away with this. This is everywhere. This was this was the lead up to Undisputed. This is the lead up. So she does damage control on Tuesday. And by Wednesday, it's fine in her mind. It's not fine in my eyes. Here she is, G-Bag Nation, 105, uh, 105.3 The Fan, talking to the guys, Jeff Cavanaugh, Gavin Dawson, Brian Bottas. G-Bag Nation. Let's listen in. And by the way, she's going to essentially say, I don't know the numbers in like two seconds because she doesn't. 
let's rationalize where we're at. My bad, that is super loud. And again, I want to be very, very clear. We don't know what the numbers are. I haven't seen anybody report the numbers during this negotiation round, nor do I have the numbers. So we don't know where any of this is right now. I can only give you the context based on what I had last year, and I know Todd Archer had it last year. So we've got to assume that it's going to be somewhere around there. We also know that the Cowboys have until March 9th to— Okay, so she she essentially— Spec and I got to cut her off here. So she knows that she fucked up. That's why she went on G Bag Nation. That's why she said, like, we don't know the numbers. Like, like, of course, we don't know the numbers, right? She doesn't know the numbers. Um, but then she goes on and she speculates. And the reason why I cut her off there is that she's just gonna go over essentially what everybody knows the timeline, uh, for the franchise tag, the money, all that. Like, we know we've done the story before, we're not gonna do it again. I'm not gonna play it again. She knows she fucked up. She knows she doesn't have the numbers. I don't know why she went on, and so she said, uh, and she said it's going to be right behind Mahomes. I don't know why she said that. At first, I was like, yeah, like forty million is kind of correct, but then everybody was like, Dak Prescott wants forty-four million, and I was like, oh, I can see why people didn't understand that. The thing is, right? Simple. Simple, just not even slips of the tongue. Just like simple, just not clarifying statements leads to significant, like, clusterfucks. And I always get on the media for, like, the smallest details. I always get on the media for, like, fucking up on the smallest things, right? Because, excuse me, because as somebody who's, I I mean, I, I, I wouldn't consider myself smart. I would consider myself very clever, right? Very, very clever. I'm like a fox. Maybe not like a dolphin. Like a dolphin's smart. Fox is pretty damn clever. I, I would have, I'm a foxy person. As somebody who like understands the nuance in like, in like, like, what's the word I'm trying to look for to make me, to make myself not sound like a complete fucking psychopath. But like, as somebody who kind of understands manipulation and things of that nature and how to mani- how to ma- like manipulate certain pieces of information, it's really, really easy to like dispel an entire piece of information as fact or as fiction when like a little piece is either wrong or right, right? Like if I tell you a story about something, uh, like, like if I tell you like a story about me and another person and it comes out that, like that a little bit, it, it's like two truths and a lie except in reverse, right? It's like, Three lies and one truth. And you know and you believe that one truth because you're like, oh, yeah, that that happened. This story with this other person happened. Or not the story, but part of the story happened. So you're likely to believe the entire story even though you don't have confirmation that, that the entire thing happened, right? Because you, you know that there's one truth in it regardless of how many lies that are in it, if that makes sense. I don't know if it does, but it, it kind of does in my brain, but my brain is also a rat's nest right now. But it's like what a lot of people will do who are great at manipulating is they'll slip in a lot of lies into just one truth. And they'll misconstrue things, right? Not to say that Jane Slater is a master manipulator. However, when you say one thing, one thing that's either truthful or a lie, 
your entire case is like built on maybe not one truth or a lie, but when you like when you open yourself up to like criticism and your story is incorrect or 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 massively or minorly whatever, it can it can really really fuck up your credibility and your story's credibility. There is a lot of truth to what she's saying, right? But because it's like so broad and so general with what she's saying, and I may be nitpicking here, but I don't think I am. But it's how she said it. It's when she said it. She said that Dak wants to be paid right behind Mahomes, which everybody immediately thinks $44 million, including myself. I'm like, I would have said 40 But now you have storylines being ran with $44 million via Jane Slater, NFL Network, when she doesn't have that information. And she goes on G-Bag Nation, which is a local show. But the issue is, is that nobody outside of Dallas knows that. And on top of that, people out in Dallas are like, we, we believe Dak wants $44 million, which isn't the case at all. She doesn't know it, but it's already too late. What's the saying? A lie spreads a, a, across the world before the truth even has a, a second to wake up or something like that. And that's what happened. Like her very, very small misspeak or misspoke, whatever you want to call it, literally is like front page news. It's headlined via like via Bleacher Report. It's on Undisputed. Probably was on First Take if I dug a little bit on it. I don't really care that much about First Take, but it was on like one of the most popular sports shows this morning. You know what? Why am I being so fucking lazy? Let me take a look. I think it wasn't. I didn't see the full show. I like... But if it was on the show, it should be in the highlights. But I doubt that it was. But it's like, listen, man. It's it's ridiculous that an insider has to like, like, like uh, maybe not speculate on things, but like, not clarify that they're speculating. And they are like, like Jane is one of the most reputable sources within the Dallas Metroplex when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. Oh no, it is no. No, first take ran with it. First take ran with it. It was like, it wasn't, they didn't run with it, excuse me. It was like one of their, um, their secondary, one of their like secondary um, stories or whatever. But even it was on their show. Rob Ninkovich, Rob Ninkovich, Stephen A, and Max. Like, ah, here it is. And it's like, you know, I get it. She fucked up. She didn't mean to, to do it. But it's like, again, it's like the thing that irks me isn't like, again, if she just said, I fucked up, I apologize, I wouldn't be talking about this for the last like 10, 15 minutes. But the fact that she wants to pretend like it's not that big of a deal that she fucked up, it's like, Jane, it made front page news today. Like, wh- how does she not understand the significance of what she said? And the reason why I'm not like super, super like pissed off is because, A, I'm feeling kind of sick right now because of how much I ate and B it's like I mean it's ridiculous it's stupidity that she wants to like act like it's not that big of a deal when it 1000% is Bleacher Report ran on it hello what is this is this what I like hold on hold on And, he, and it's like, she went on the NFL Network literally yesterday as well. And it's like Andrew Siciliano, right? 
I have the I have also the fucking video of when she went on <clears throat> went on the NFL Network and tried to correct the record. But it's like literally Andrew Siciliano is like looking at Jane Slater, licking his chops, expecting her to say Dak wants Mahomes level money on the NFL Network, right? Because she works for the NFL Network and she did it for free on DP's show, Dan Patrick's show. Let's listen in. Let's let's take a gander at what Jane Slater has to say here. Even like some of these some of these like fucking videos I haven't looked at again. I'm interested to see what she's gonna say. Let's listen again. And this is, I think, a couple of hours before she went on 105.3 the fan. So she really had her quotes down, like her speech down, her rhetoric down when she went on 105.3 the fan. Jane Slater, um, NFL Network, NFL Now, or something like that. I don't know. Look, I think let me turn it up because there's like literally nothing. I can't hear her. I don't know what's going on. We're all looking for any morsels or any. Look, I think we're all looking for any morsels or any nuggets. And here's what I will tell you, because I've now covered the storyline the past two off seasons. I just checked with one of my team sources and I've been told that Stephen Jones and Todd France, Dak Prescott's agent, have been talking. When I asked them to characterize those talks, I was told they've been good talks. What? What? This is what she leads the show. Like, and, and, like, like, it's all fucking, oh, my God. Oh, my God, she's so bad. Like, this is, like, I kind of, like, I'm tired. I'm a little bit out of it. I apologize for kind of being so, so, like, unprepared. I'm like, that's why she speculated. That's why she threw out the right behind Mahomes thing, right? Because there's no information. She doesn't have any information. Nobody gave her any information. She's speculating. She's BSing on Dan Patrick's show because she doesn't have shit. She's trying to reach the proverbial deadline, trying to find some information when she doesn't have any. And now here we are, like two days later. I mean, like, I, 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 like this is so fucking stupid. It's like, why am I covering this, man? Why? I shouldn't have to cover this. This is the most ridiculous... This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, like, I shouldn't have to fucking talk about a reporter being bored and not having any information to share with anybody because she's like, I don't have anything to report on. So I'm just going to fucking go on a show and say some speculative shit and then be like, cool, I'm out. Peace out. It's not that big of a deal, guys. Yes, it is. Jesus Christ. Unpopping. And it feels like they've been better than they have in the past. So there is some good news for you. I also want to clear something up. Yesterday I was talking about that. Sorry. Here's when she's going to clear it up. Here's when she's going to clear it up. Right? Because she didn't. Because she, like, she wanted to get to the BS that nobody cares about. Now let's hear her clear up her fuck up. Let's hear what she has to say. Clear something up. Yesterday, I was talking about Dak Prescott's contract, and I think it got misconstrued that I said that he wanted Patrick Mahomes' money. That's not Nope, nope, nope. Didn't get misconstrued that nobody's saying. And look at how, remember what I said. Remember what I said earlier about manipulation and, like, inserting in, like, a truth in, like, a bunch of lies, right? That's exactly what she fucking just did. That is exactly what she just did. She said 
I think it got misconstrued that Dak that I said that Dak wants Patrick Mahomes money. That is not what she said. And that is not the storyline that anyone and everyone is running with. Everybody is running with you saying, Jane, and this is the most this is extreme manipulation at its finest. This is what like this is what people who want to this is gaslighting, by the way. What she fucking said was that Dak Prescott wants Patrick behind, excuse me. Now she's gaslighting me. Fuck me. Dak Prescott wants directly behind Patrick Mahomes fucking money. Let's get that right. That's what she said. That's what she, this is what fucking pisses me off. When people are like, I didn't say that. And it's like, dude, we got you on tape saying that shit. I got to pull it up again. I got to play that shit one more time. One time for the one time. I got to play that again. Because that pisses me. I hate gaslighters. I hate them. Okay. I hate gaslighters. Let me, let me go to the, ga to the Jane Slater quote. Listen in. Jared Goff type money. Now he's looking to be paid right behind Patrick Mahomes, a guy who's gone. Now he's looking to get paid right behind Patrick Mahomes. That's the direct quote. Let's go back to what how how she addressed it literally 24 hours after. Let's hear what the great James Slater has to say. It's not the case here. He wants to get paid behind Patrick Mahomes because that's what his market value is. And last year I reported that the Cowboys but in what, good faith. But what does that mean, Jane Slater? What does that mean? And do you want to know what? You want to know fucking what? This is what fucking pisses me off about some of these media companies. Like, like this is what she, she, oh my God, she fucking speculated again. She did it again on NFL Live. This is what fucking pisses me off so much about insiders is that they cannot, and, and, it, and maybe this is, maybe this seems so fucking small. Maybe it seems so small. But it's like, I have a fucking quote of her saying that like she hasn't spoken to Dax representatives at all they she reached out she's never spoken to these people and it's like hold on i have it written in my journal where is it i have her why am i so flustered about it hold on hold on fuck it's like i literally have it where is it ba, 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 ba. goodness gracious my notes are terrible Wait, 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 wait. Oh, I have it. Sorry. It took me a long time to read my very, very sloppy notes. But she, like, literally says it. I have, I, ha I now have her, I now have the fucking quote. But, like, literally she speculated again on NFL Live, right? So, Monday she's like, I don't have anything on the Cowboys. I'll just throw out, throw out a random quote uh, to Dan Patrick and, um, and speculate essentially Tuesday. She's like, that's not what I said. What I said, that's not, that's not the story. That's people running. She's pretending like people aren't fucking running with the behind Dak Prescott or not that behind Dak Prescott with the behind Patrick Mahomes, uh, narrative. Everybody is running with that narrative. Bleacher report ran on it. I have bleacher report literally quote, quoting you, Jane. They said literally Dak, not literally quote, like, not, no, literally, Dak Prescott is looking to get paid right behind Patrick Mahomes. That's literally the fucking quote that you had. Bleacher Report tweeted it out. They put it up. They reported on it, Jane. This is your fuck up. And I got you. I got you. I got you. 
Let's play it one more time for the one time. Let's play her speculating for the second time in two days, and it gets her ass tied up. Let's listen in. Behind Patrick Mahomes, because that's what his market value is. And last year, I reported that the Cowboys, in good faith, tried to give him a five-year deal. The five-year deal was important to them because they, of course, need some flexibility in how they structure these contracts so that they can get other... Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Let me go back just a little bit more. I also want to clear something up. Yesterday, I was talking about Dak Prescott. Boom, this is what we wanted. Prescott's contract, and I think it got misconstrued that I said that he wanted Patrick Mahomes' money. That's not the... Which is a lie. Everybody knows. Every, everybody's talking about he wants behind Patrick Mahomes' money. Undisputed did it. First Take did it. Everybody's doing it. Bleacher Report talked about it. Nobody's talking about he wants Patrick Mahomes' money, Jane. You're lying to cover your ass to make your story seem like it's not that big of a deal. She's gaslighting right now, ladies and gentlemen. She's gas. Not very good at it. Not very good at it. The case here. He wants to get paid behind Patrick Mahomes. Hold on, Jane. How the fuck do you know that? I got something. I love myself so fucking much because of how much homework I do. I love myself. I love... <laughs> this sounds so fucking psychopathic. I love how much homework I do. Let me plug in my computer. Wait, sorry about that. <clears throat> you know, I never appreciated me doing homework when I was a kid. I never liked it. I hated it. Never understood it. But boy, do I love doing my fucking homework and having it just be so fucking rewarding in a moment like this where Jane goes on and says, Dak wants to be paid behind Patrick Mahomes. Listen to what she said literally the same fucking day as she said Dak wants to be paid behind Patrick Mahomes. Listen to this shit. Dak has been at the facility rehabbing almost every day. Now, full disclosure, I tried reaching out to Dak. I tried reaching out to some other people to get a sense of, okay, what exactly is he doing? Like, give me a sense of where he is in his rehab. I wasn't able to get that from anyone. She wasn't able to get back on anyone on his injury Plus, probably, to be honest with you, now this is me speculating, plus probably his contract situation. Because do you want to know what? And this is me speculating, but this is me logically speculating with some, you know, with some, with some things here and there. But I'm not going to report this out like this is a report. But she probably hasn't spoken to a DAC, represent, a DAC representation, somebody who represents DAC in a very long time. She probably doesn't have a good representation with DAC's representation or not a representation a good relationship with Dax representation because she only needs to she only needs to have have a representation with the Dallas Cowboys front office she didn't speak to Dak she doesn't know I don't know why she perpetrates like she knows she can't even get an actual update on Dak's injury from Dak's own representation Dak's own representation and the Cowboys who got, like, I can't remember. Like, it may have been, it may have been Brian Broaddus or somebody. Apparently, Dak is now off of crutches, off the boot, and he's now, like, running. How hard was that? That was reported today, by the way. How hard was that? She can't figure that out? She's an insider, and she can't figure out basic stuff? What? Huh? 
Ah, God. Do I have anything else about Jane Slater in her quotes? I mean, like, here's the thing. I mean, my, my original point was, like, if you're a media insider, you can't speculate. Or if you do speculate, you have to clarify your speculation, right? Because I speculated on the podcast. I did it literally like a minute ago, minute and a half ago, maybe. It's okay. But you have to, you have to fucking distinguish between it being speculative and it being a report. Because if it's a report, it'll spread like wildfire. Especially if you are a re- like a respected source. But then it got even further where she's like, well, you know what? I mean, I just don't have any nuggets. I don't have any information. So she probably went on the Dan Patrick show and was like, maybe not probably, because we know she did. She's like, I'm just going to go on the Dan Patrick show and speculate because there's not anything to report on. And then she went on NFL Network and gaslit the entirety of the United States by saying that, yeah, no, um, you know, Dak... uh, Dak, Dak, I, I, like my, what I said was being mischar- mischaracterized. Let me play you undisputed. Let me play you. Let's see if undis- if if they got it wrong, right? Because now she's calling out the producers of the show. I don't think that's right, Jane. I don't think that's right at all. Let me look up undisputed. It's probably going to be one of their biggest, not biggest, but it's going to be like their first thing that they got today. Where is it? Where is it? Goodness gracious, there's so many. Where is it? Hold on. Here we go. Boom. Then I get an ad. Oh, my God. You son of a bitch. You five-second ad. Nope. I wanted the first part. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Nope. Fuck. That's another Dallas Cowboy video. Where is the video where they're talking about Dak wants right behind Patrick Mahomes? I literally have it. Where is it? Here it is. Boom. Welcome to Undisputed. We are live from Los Angeles. I'm Jenny Tapp here with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Good Good morning, good morning. Skip, I thought we were going to pull it out last night. We're going to talk about it, but I thought we had... All right, they're going through intros. I'm going to skip ahead to, like, here it is. Here it is. Here's when Jenny Taff says it. Begin by the latest in Dallas. It's like a minute intro. And listen up, guys. Not as good as 24's intro, so. There's good news and bad news coming out of the DAC contract talks, according to NFL Network's Jane Slater. The good news, the negotiations between the team and Prescott have been more productive as of late. Bad news for Cowboys fans? Well, apparently Dak wants to be paid, quote, right behind Patrick Mahomes, who signed a 10-year, $500 million extension last summer. And while Dallas feels their offer is, quote, respectable, they're clearly not in that ballpark yet. So, Shannon, how will this news impact the public perception of this stalemate right now? Huh, that's interesting. Jane, they seem to not have quoted you or misquoted or mischaracterized what you were saying. Literally, the tagline is, report, report, Dak Prescott wants to be paid right behind Patrick Mahomes. Technically, the 
actual quote is, report Dak Prescott wants to be paid right behind Mahomes' money. But I thought my tagline was better. Isn't this undisputed? Not undisputed. Where, where's the first take one? Don't I have this? Here it is. This may be it. No, 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 no. There's like two. Here it is, right? Don't pay. That's an ad. <clears throat> Let's see if first take gets it wrong, right? Two of the biggest morning sports shows in America. Let's see if they both get them wrong. In an appearance on the Dan Patrick Show, NFL Network reporter Jane Slater said that Dak Prescott and his representatives are looking for Prescott's new long-term contract. Keep in mind, she's never spoke. She hasn't spoken to his representatives yet, ladies and gentlemen. Like you're starting to see just how little of a lie or of a mischaracterization of something or speculation. Like you're starting to see just how like how like fucking large it can get. This is like one of the biggest sports shows in America talking about false information. Let's unpause it and figure it out. Listen to this. To come in right behind Patrick Mahomes. Y'all know what Patrick Mahomes was paid, right? Uh, she said that Prescott and his representatives are looking for a respectable offer. A respectable gentleman joining us now. That will be you, Marcus Spears. So put a smile on your face. Don't know if you got a delay What's up, James Harden? Good to see you. What's up, James Harden? How you All right. Going to be done with that. Seems to not have misquoted Jane Slater at all. It's almost as if she's gaslighting, ladies and gentlemen. It's almost as if she's lying. That woke me up. That woke me up. I was in a food coma, and Jane Slater BSing around woke me up. Wake up, Jane. Wake up. Nobody mischaracterized you. You mischaracterized yourself by not representing the truth. This is why I can't trust her. I can't trust... She she doesn't even want to take responsibility for her own fuck-ups, ladies and gentlemen. She just wants to run and hide. Let's listen to her run and hide. Because that's what his market value is. And last year, I reported that the Cowboys, in good faith, tried to give him a five-year deal. The five-year deal was important to them because they, of course, need some flexibility in how they structure these contracts. Essentially, she has nothing to report on the Dallas Cowboys. She's probably been blowing up a lot of people's phones. Probably been trying to get some information. She's like, like nobody wants to give me anything. I'll just speculate on national television, and then I'll not take it. I'll not take responsibility for my own fuck ups. I can't tell you how many times I fucked up, and I'm like, I fucked up. It's my bad. It's not that big of a deal. I wouldn't be lighting her up like a Christmas tree right now if she t- if she took fucking a- a- responsibility. She doubled down. What is with old people not? taking responsibility for their actions and instead doubling down in this industry. Does anyone else have a problem, not have a problem with this? Does anyone else just want to let this slide? Literally, she lied on national television. She gaslit then, and then nobody, and then she's like, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all right today. Nothing's going on today. Let's listen in again. I got, I got, I I just got to listen to this more, some more. Tracks so that they can get other guys paid. Now, in the next couple of weeks, they're going to probably likely restructure guys like Demarcus Lawrence and maybe Tyron Smith. It's my understanding that Jalen Smith... She has nothing to talk about. That's why she's talking about restructuring contracts. It's why she's not talking about Dak's contract. It's why she's like, oh, you know, I don't have any new information. All I got to do is just report on old information. Keep on listening. They'll be back, so maybe they go to him. But last year, I was told the deal was somewhere around 35 APY, 
It was looking at a $50 million signing bonus and roughly $110 million guaranteed. So we're probably looking at starting point for negotiations around those numbers. But to be clear, as I've said about this all along, both sides are going to have to do a little bit of a give here. And How do you know that, Jane? First and foremost, Jane, hold on. Wait a second. I, like now, now she's getting into opinion piece talk. Now she's like, you know, both sides are going to have to give a little bit on this. Both sides are going to have to, you know, meet in the middle and stuff like that. Like, I, I mean, like, 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 Jane, Jane, just like, oh my God, just do your job. Just do your fucking job. Just do your fucking job and just report on the news. That's it. Okay. Just try to decipher truth from fact and stop speculating. Right. Not spe nope, don't stop speculating. Stop acting like your speculation is an actual report. Because what's hap what always happens, and, it, and I again preface this by saying this with Adam Schefter, because this is exactly what happened to Adam Schefter about a month ago, two months ago, maybe in January. Can't remember. It's like Adam Schefter tweeted something out that was his speculation and not an actual report from a credible source. And what happened was is that the media ran with it and, it, and Adam Schefter wanted to act like, like what he tweeted out wasn't an actual fucking just fuck up. Like he didn't actually tweet some dumb ass shit out. That was speculation. And it's like, it's okay to speculate. I do it all the time. But you gotta like differentiate yourself from it. You gotta differentiate the information. Otherwise it confuses people. And you yourself become an unreliable source. I'm done with Jane Slater. Get her off my timeline. Get her off my time. I'm done. I'm done dunking on Jane. Get her off. I don't want to see her ever again. Maybe not ever again, but till yesterday. Or not yesterday, but until tomorrow. Then she, like, like the final thing she does is she, like, retweets out somebody tweeting something from Skip. And essentially the what she retweeted was, uh, or she quote tweeted, no, 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 no. It's retweet. I, I don't know Twitter. I got a burp. Excuse me. What she, what, she, what? Essentially, it was from somebody. What they essentially said was, "So does anyone ever listen to what Slater actually says, or do they just take the subject matter and create a narrative no one has ever spoke?" When did forty-four million dollars become a thing? And then now she's even she's so stupid. Maybe not stupid, but she she's clever in the sense of her ability to gaslight. I even like kind of gave her the benefit of the doubt on this. Remember when I was like, like, um, like she said behind 44 million or not behind 44 million, excuse me, behind Patrick Mahomes, which you would naturally assume because Patrick Mahomes is getting paid 45 million. He would, Dak would then want 44 million and Skip tweeted something out as much as Skip, I don't like Skip Bayless at all. Like even he's kind of like, if he's getting the information from Jane Slater and not knowing that she's so fucking just like irresponsible with this information. Like he even was like, yeah, like I would say good luck to any other team. This is him. I would say good luck to any other team that's going to give Dak Prescott 44 million a year. He can't live up to, the, to it because he's not the guy. More on undisputed, blah, 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 right? And it's like this other moron tweets out like, like, uh, like Slater doesn't actually, didn't actually say that. And it's like, yes, she did. She did. That's the thing. And it's like, I don't understand this weird ass lack of responsibility take that people are having with Jane Slater. I don't understand, or that she herself is having, and nobody is like holding her responsible. 
She said some dumbass shit, and it literally circulated in the media. And now, Skip, do you want to know what he's going to say for, like, the next couple of months? Dak wants $44 million. Because of Jane Slater. And now you're going to have fans saying, Dak, you know, 24, Dak wants $44 million. It's like, no, he doesn't. You don't know that. Jane Slater didn't know that when she said it. When she says it. I just played you the quote. I just played you the, uh, the, the audio. She said she doesn't know. Where is it? I exited out all of my tabs, all of my Jane Slater tabs, all the stuff that I have. But I mean, I, I mean, Safari has a great feature where I can just press on my tab button. Where is it? Where, where is it? No, I no, I didn't, I didn't even delete it. Excuse me. I deleted a bunch of tabs from Google Chrome. Why do I have so many internet browsers open? Here, here's, here's Jane Slater saying that she, no, 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 no. Here she is saying that she doesn't know the information regarding the contract negotiations. Let's rationalize where we're at. And again, I want to be very, very clear. We don't know what the numbers are. I haven't. No, 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 Jane. Not we. You don't know the numbers. I don't know the numbers because I don't have Dak Prescott's cell phone. I don't have his agent's cell phone number. I don't have Jerry Jones or Stephen Jones' cell phone number. I don't have any of these people's cell phone number. I don't have the details. We don't know the details. Not we. I don't know the details. You don't know the details. You don't know the details. The only difference is I'm not paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to not know the details. You're paid to know the details. I'm not. I'm positive. Seen anybody report the numbers during this negotiation round, nor do I have the numbers. So we don't know where any of this is right now. Then what? Then, like, what, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why the fuck? Would you say that he would want right behind Patrick Mahomes' money when you don't know the fucking numbers? Like, every single time, and, and I feel like we're circle jerking right now, we're going in a fucking circle right now, but it's like, why would you say that? Why would you go on a nationally syndicated broadcast when you know that the contract talks with Dak Prescott are contentious that everybody has a fucking opinion about it? that you know that this is going to get fucking traction. Why would you go on the show and say that dumbass shit when you don't know the numbers? You don't know. And then you tried to lie about it today and gaslight people up yesterday after you fucked up on Monday. We don't know the numbers. I don't have the numbers. I don't know the numbers, according to James Slater. Then how the fuck can you be so confident on all these other shows and report that you know the numbers? That you know that contract talks have been going well because of sources. Give me a fucking break, man. You don't have the balls. You don't have, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Let me use the girl metaphor of you don't have the stones. You don't have the balls to stand by your convictions. Or at least to come out and say, hey guys, I fucked up. Let me, let me give you the female. I, this is, this is the, this is women's month. I, I feel like I'm women bashing right now. This is women's month, right? Women, what, what's, what's March? Is it Women's Month? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not up to date on these, on these types of things. Is it Women's Empowerment Month? Tay-Tay sw t tweeted something out. 
about it because uh, somebody was talking shit about her on some dumbass Netflix TV show. Women's, what's it called? Is it Women's Month? Is it just Women's Month? Women's History Month. Okay, my bad. Happy Women's History Month, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Especially all the ladies. Happy Women's History Month. But it's but it's like you know like, I mean like, like oh my god like put on your big girl panties, and fucking take responsibility. Just do that. Stop casting blame. Stop acting like no like people misquoted you. Nobody misquoted you. Stop strawmanning. I know these tactics. I know these debate tactics. I was in speech and debate in high school. I wasn't very good at it, but it taught me a lot. I know straw man arguments. I know manipulation. I know the, I know, I know, you know, how to insert one truth into like a dozen lies. I know all that stuff, Jane. Stop gaslighting. Stop BSing. Take responsibility. I'm sick and tired of people BSing. I'm sick of it. Get, get her off. I'm done. I'm done with Jane. I'm done. Get off. I, I don't want to see her face. I don't want to see anything. that I don't want to see another Jane Slater quote for another 24 hours. I don't want to see. I don't want to hear it. I am irked with Jane Slater. By the way, I'm not going to be coming back on the podcast tomorrow. Technically on Thursday. Taking a break on Thursday. Should have. I think I led at the top of the podcast. But I'm not going to come back. On the, on the podcast on Thursday, which is technically today, but this is technically Wednesday's podcast because I, again, I was late. I'm I'm done with Jane. I, whew, I just cannot stand that lady. I just cannot stand that lady. But do you want to know a lovely lady that I can't stand? Cynthia Freeland, absolutely fat, fantastic, spectacular woman. Cynthia Freeland, fantastic. I was like, I saw her draft, her mock draft. Oh my God, <laughs> is it fantastic? It's it's my favorite. I love it. I love it. And you know what? I myself, some people are gonna say, well, twenty four, you only go in on women. You're you're a woman hater. You're a misogynist. You're chauvin. It's like, dude, I called. McFarlane on ESPN when he caught when he said like like it's only black athletes that have uh, th- that do this stuff that do this shit that have brands and he was racist to black people while ble- while being black isn't that ironic I fucking called him a Neanderthal mangliomaniac uh, uh, fucking degenerate moron I called it I, like I just bashed the shit out of him I mean I, I I fucking dunk on men more than I do women. This is one of those times where I'm going to, you know, I, I mean, by the way, I clap it up for women all the time. Shout out to the big sis, big homie, MJ Acosta Ruiz. Shout out to the big sis, big homie, Cynthia Freeland. The 40-year-old wonder. I have no idea how she's 40 years old. She looks like she's in her 30s. So does, like, MJ Acosta Ruiz is like 36. I'm like, I thought she was like in her, I thought she was 27. Yikes. Goodness gracious. I got to move out to LA, man, because everybody looks way younger than they actually are. Even Shannon Sharp. Shannon, do you know that Shannon Sharp's 50? He looks like he's 35. He's in great shape. Anyways, um, <clears throat> so I've looked at a lot of mock drafts. I've disliked the majority of them. In fact, I've maybe not disliked is the proper term, but none of them have really excited me, has really got the juices. Fl- uh, that sounds weird. 
But, you know, none of them have really intrigued me as much as Cynthia Freelands has. She fucking nailed it. Killed it. Knocked it out of the park. It's a very, very weird draft. And some of these draft picks, I'm like, mm, I don't like that. But then there's other parts where I'm just like, oh, I kind of start to warm my hands together. I like that. I like it a lot. Here we go. So she makes a bunch of disclaimers and blah, blah, blah. Oh, by the way, another shout out to Cynthia Freeland. She's gotten better. She's gotten way, way, way better. I remember like seeing some of her projections and stuff like that and her analytics from like a couple of years ago versus like right now, way better, like night and day. Like she's nailing, nailing some of these things, some of these ideas, nailing it. Shout out to her. So, Cynthia Freeland, I don't know any of her, dis- I, I, th- I feel like I should read her disclaimers because I don't, like, I, I didn't read them before, but it's like, I feel like I should. So, here we go. Here's kind of the start of the uh, the mock draft, right? Not the mock draft, but like of the disclaimer, right? So, the first one, and it's in bold. Hold on. Hold on. Cool. All right. My bad. I was like, I accidentally unplugged my second monitor. But excuse me. It's in bold. The disclaimer is in bold. And it has um, all caps in some words, like not and actually do. So the sentence that's emboldened is, I am not, and it's, yeah, it's bold. I am not attempting to predict or divine what teams will actually do on draft day. For this particular file, the model considered current rosters, the overall market of potential free agents, and 2021 draft prospects. How exactly? Well, here's how my mock works. This is, again, Cynthia Freeland. I use my draft prospect model explained at the top of this article to create a numerical value for each player. These ratings can be compared across years. Then I use my NFL model, which considers the market of potential free agents at each position to create projected win contribu- contribution metrics by player, position group, inside of the ball. This sounds really complicated. I mean, like, it, like no disrespect to Jane. She can do whatever she wants to do. This sounds really, really complicated and unnecessary. Like, again, like, my winning percentages this year, absolutely fantastic. I mean, what, what was it? I have it on deck. I wrote it down in my journal. Where is it? I have my winning percentages somewhere in, like, one of these more recent articles. Or not articles, but, like, entries into my journal. Where is it? Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, I had 178 success rate. Not 178 success rate, excuse me. 178 correct picks over 78 losses in the regular season. 69.5%, success rate. Record in the playoffs. I had 10 wins, 10 correct picks, 3 incorrect picks. Grand total of 76.92% success rate, and then 188 wins, 81 losses, 69.88% overall, playoffs and regular season. Cooking, ladies and gentlemen. I don't have whatever this is. I I don't have it. I I, I mean, I was fantastic. I was fantastic. Like, this year was fantastic for me. Continuing forward with her article, these uh, she was she was talking about 
predictions, projected win contribution metrics by player, blah, 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 blah. These get added up to predict win totals for the season. Here's an example of these metrics for wideouts. Let me see this thing. I'm interested in this nerdy shit. Does she have like a chart or a graph? No, it's just words. Nope. Never mind. She actually does. No, she, it's, it's, it is a chart. It's a like an Excel spreadsheet kind of thing. All right, continuing forward. The results quantify strengths and weaknesses of current NFL rosters. My model also factors in as many known elements of coaching philosophies of the current staffs as possible in each team's 2021 opponents. Then my model selects the draft prospect that would yield the highest win total for each team in the coming season. I got a burp. Hold on. Excuse me. Here's the part. Here's the part that's extra. I have projections and results for all teams and the draft pros prospects they selected over the past 15 seasons. I examine each season's on-field results, objectively analyzing what happened while identifying the trends and strategies that led to success or failure. I also ask coaches, front office executives, and even players to help me understand why results occurred. These subjective inputs help shape the results, meaning the model gets smarter each season. Which definitely explains why her models have been getting way smarter, I will say that. And again, it ties back into what I was talking about, where I'm like, wow, like some of this shit seems like kind of correct. Continuing forward, there are a lot of real-life efficiencies that could be realized via draft pick trades. I can't help but to note them in certain cases still for the sake of this particular mock. I did not allow for trades. If I worked for an individual team, an analysis like this could aid in creating a strategy for identifying potential trade partners. A little bit more into that later on. As well as vulnerable spots where other teams are most likely to scoop up particular players, especially given free agency. This is really, really important what she just said. The whole like scoop up particular players and trade partners is exactly why I do mock drafts and why I like, I don't even like to refer to them as mock drafts. I refer to them as just simulations and simulators. So that way I can understand what's going on within, you know, with like, like what essentially is going on within the mock draft, who are the most, the most coveted players within, um, within these simulators. And I do it via multiple different simulators. I talked about doing it for like six hours at one point in time, right? Just to kind of understand, like, the majority of the players in the first like six rounds for the Dallas Cowboys trade partners, um, players that, that they should select and things of that nature. And it's kind of like, it, it's helped me look at the draft and be able to like determine like, okay, this is where this player should go. This is where that player should go. Things of that. Like she's on the money. Like I remember, I think last year or the year before I bagged on Jane Slater a lot, not Jane Slater, excuse me, Cynthia Freeland. I bagged on Jane, uh, not Jane, Cynthia Freeland a lot. Bagged on her. And now it's like, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I really, really like what she's doing. I, I like what she's saying right now. I like it a lot. Again, shout out to the big homie, Jane Slater. Finally, another change to this year's mock is a real refinement of how the on-field computer vision weighs on the predictions. Normally, it's a huge factor as a prospect's most recent season-long on-field performance is the most valuable ingredient. This college season was odd, to say the least. The number of games played when they were played and even situations slash context, uh, context excuse me, faced were quite different from in years past. So I had to look for factors over longer periods of time, 
and their trajectories and normalize all past measurements like we'd get from the combine for all 15 seasons using computer vision to make sure every comparison was apples to apples as possible. Big shout out to Jane. Damn it, Cynthia. Excuse me. Sorry if I've been saying Jane so much. Still fucking pissed me off. Flip side of that, Cynthia Freeland. I mean, it was a delight to read her mock draft. I was like, this is fantastic. This is like literally the opposite of the Jane Slater tweets and stuff like that and the whole debacle with her. It's like Cynthia Freeland fucking nailing it, getting better, getting actually better as time flies on. Jane Slater gets worse. But um, Cynthia Freeland, the reason why I like this draft, she like, I don't know what she did. I, I mean, we've read some shit, but it's like, I mean, unless you're like, a statistical analytics or compete or or somebody with like an MBA in predictive analytics or whatever they're called. Like I, I like I don't necessarily. I'm like I didn't train. I, like that's not my trade. I don't know what she's doing. But when I look at her mock job, I'm like, damn. Now makes sense. And I talk about like situations and things. That, this is probably the most unique situation I've seen coming out of the draft and boy howdy is it it's awesome and it's like i remember at pick 15th to the patriots when i saw who she had i was like she gets it and like some of these other picks i'm like mm, you need to go back and look at your model jane or not jane cynthia damn it sorry cynthia you need to go back and look at some of these damn like players again because i'm like i disagree with some of these players being picked there but i'm like she fucking nailed it at the top and her model's got a lot of work to do cynthia but boy, howdy, do I like her her fucking, her top 10. I like it a lot. Some of them I don't like, others I do. So, <clears throat> again, her model is based upon winning games, not necessarily about building for the future and things of that nature, as far as I understand it. Trevor Lawrence is the first pick going to the Jags. That's very, very expected. And then you have Pania Sewell going number two overall to the Jets. Not a quarterback, not Kyle Pitts, not even a wide receiver, ladies and gentlemen. An offensive tackle, best offensive tackle in the draft, Pania Sewell. Second overall. When I saw that, I was like, it's getting a little bit spicy. I like that. I like that pick a lot. reason why I like it is because if you are the Jets, if you are going the Sam Darnold route, if you are going into next year and you're like, we got to, you know, like like Sam Darnold's our guy. If you're going to do that, then you actually have to handshake. You know what? Sam Darnold's our guy. We got to get him some help on the offensive side of the line. So now you have Makai Becton and you now have Pania Sewell and you also have Denzel Ward. Nope, Denzel Mims on your football team and now you're like oh my gosh like this is it's a really really awesome offensive line at least tackles wise you know Pania Sewell probably is your right tackle and Makai Becton is your left and it's like oh that's it's a pretty good offensive line if I told you that if I told you uh, if I told you going into next year it's like you got Makai Becton and Pania Sewell you would be like oh I would take that take that in a dab branch you damn right I'll take that And then at number three, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith. I'm, I'm a big Devontae Smith guy. But, you know, I, I, like, I get it. She picks Jamar Chase going third overall to the Miami Dolphins. And it's like, all right, all right. Nails it. Nails it. 
fourth overall going to the Atlanta Falcons. Quiddy Pay, edge rusher out of Atlanta. Is he my, I think he is my main edge rusher. Not my main edge rusher, but you know what I mean. My number one edge rusher. Where where are all of my my journal right now has so much fucking information in it. I mean, my goodness. Where are my players? I literally did this like a couple of days ago. Where are they? Oh my god, like yeah, like like I have so many pages of just information. Yeah, Quiddy pays my number one edge rusher, and she perfectly selects him. It's like, yeah, going to Michigan. Micah Parsons is another guy that you could have gone here. You could have also have gone a corner here. I mean, you know, you could have gone a lot of different directions. I like Quiddy Pay out of Michigan going to Atlanta. And, and again, if you believe in if you believe in Matt Ryan, you get Quiddy Pay, and you already have three wide receivers on the offensive side. You get Quiddy Pay. You have Calvin um, Calvin Ridley. You have Gage. You have Julio Jones. Still awesome, by the way. He was just a little bit hurt this year. It's like, oh wait, like let's help out the defense. Let's get a let's let's pair him up. With, um, with, I think his name is Grady Jarrett. I think that's what his name is. Their defensive tackle, one of the best in the NFL. Spare him up, Grady Jarrett. Let's go play football. I'm like, I like that. I like that. Cincinnati. And then this is, I mean, goodness gracious. This is what I was like, oh my God. Cynthia, don't do it to me. Stop it. Stop it. You're too good. Rashawn Slater to the Bengals. I can't even be mad at it. Devontae Smith was there, but I'm like, like, like you gotta help Joe Burrow. There's no if you're the Bengals and if you select a defensive, a defensive player, I'm driving up to Cincinnati and I'm smacking the defensive the the GM in his face right there. I'm smacking him in his face. That's a disgrace. You draft a defensive player in your face. But she helped out. Joe Burrow, a lot of people are talking about, well, Rashawn Slater could fall to the Cowboys. And, and then she's like, hold on a minute, guys. Like, what happens if the Bengals, the Bengals, they're like, we believe in protecting Joey. Joey football. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to go ahead and we're going to go ahead and going to protect him. Rashawn Slater, number five overall to the Bengals. I really, really like that. I really, really like that. Philadelphia Eagles. You know what? I, I went back and I watched some more Kyle Pitts. You know, some more Kyle Pitts. I'm not, like, I I think Devontae Smith is probably one of the best offensive players in this year's draft. You can't really go wrong with Devontae Smith, Kyle Pitts, Pania Sewell, Rashawn Schle- like Jalen Watt. There's so many great offensive weapons in this year's draft. But, I mean, like, come on. Kyle Pitts, hello. Number six overall, Eagles. He could, you know what? He could, you know, you could just say, you know what, Kyle, you're not playing tight end. You're a receiver now. You could do that. But Kyle Pitts goes to the Eagles. I'm not mad at that any pick anymore. I'm not bad. Not because of Jay, not because of Cynthia, but because I'm just not mad at it anymore. So like I, w- I went back. I'm like, yeah, you know, like I got to ease up off of Kyle Pitts. He's an awesome player. Number sixth overall to the Eagles, and then the Detroit Lions. They do something that I was just like, I was like, oh my goodness, Cynthia. Oh my goodness. You dirty rascal. The Detroit Lions, they get Micah Parsons. I was like, hold on, Chase. Oh, my God. I was like, I mean, I mean she, she's speaking my language. And my language is the draft, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely speaking it. As if it was, like, from a gift from God above. She's speaking my language. Oh, my God. 
Micah Parsons. I was like, I may have to get down on one knee and propose to this mock draft. Sweet baby Jesus. They already have a CUDA. They need help at that position. He's one of the best defensive players in the draft. You could have gone a Wusu Kormoa here as well. Really, it's like, it, to me, it, they're close. I think a Wusu Kormoa is just better as a football player because I think he can do way more than Micah Parsons. But at, at the same time, Micah Parsons is an absolute manimal. And oh my gosh. And then it's like Carolina steals Zach Wilson at number eight. Perfect, perfect position. And then it's like at nine. She perfectly, and, and this is what like fucking just got me as giddy as a schoolgirl on prom night. She fucking went and did exactly what I've been saying for weeks. Carolina drafts Zach Wilson, a quarterback at number eight overall. And then the Denver Broncos draft Justin Fields at number nine overall. All these mock drafts are like, you know, Denver and Carolina, they're going to get a cornerback or they're going to get two cornerbacks. And it's like, no, they're like, like, like they need a quarterback. They suck. Jake Tapper is does not want to draft a corner or a linebacker. He wants to draft a corner, a, a quarterback. He wants to get a QB. And she's got the two big dogs getting two big dogs. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. Now, I'm not in love with what she did with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not a big fan of Gregory Rose or Rozo. Not a big fan. Not a big guy. Gregory Rozo. In fact, he's like my fifth edge rusher. I have a Aziz Ojalari as my second. Joseph Osai, Jalen Phillips, and then Gregory Ozo, Rozo. I would have drafted Patrick Sertain. I don't like where, where she, I, like, this is kind of when the draft starts to fall off the wheels a little bit. Number 10 overall, Gregory Rozo. But I boy do I love those nine. I mean, just such a fun nine. A, a, a fantastic nine. And then she fucking just absolutely nails it with some of these other picks. Let's continue forward. New York Giants, they get <clears throat> Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith, I like, again, doesn't let him fall. Perfectly, perfectly realized who's better. No disrespect, Jalen. Love you. Love Jalen Waddle. But it's like, I mean, to me, Devontae Smith is, again, top two best offensive player at his position. I would actually consider taking him over Pania Sewell. Not even joking, by the way. Um, anyways, Caleb Farley goes number 12 overall to... The San Francisco 49ers, which makes sense if you're going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo for another year, but it seems like the San Francisco 49ers are not. So, you know, we'll kind of see. We'll see. The Los Angeles. Chachas! They get Jalen Waddle to pair with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and oh, sweet baby Jesus, Justin Herbert has, Justin Herbert has another awesome, awesome, spectacular, spectacular, ladies and gentlemen. Weapon to use, Jalen Waddle. Oh, my God. Jalen Waddle may be the best player on that team. One of the best um, players on, on the offensive side of the football. If he gets drafted to the Chargers, which I highly doubt it. I don't think he's – I think they're going to address maybe offensive tackle or an offensive lineman before they get Jalen uh, Waddle, and they're probably like, why would we need a third wide receiver maybe to compete against Patrick Mahomes? We'll see. But um, they're probably not going to get Jalen Waddle. But if they do, sweet ha boy, howdy, boy, howdy, Mahomes may be in a little bit of trouble. I love J Justin Herbert, and then Minnesota, she gets getting Elijah Vera Tucker, my top guard in this year's draft, 
And it, I mean, like, I wasn't stoked on 10, but I mean, 13, 14, Elijah Veritaka to the Vikings. I mean, fucking, fucking, I mean, I mean, she's nailing it. Let's keep it going. 15th overall, Trey Lance quarterback going to New England. They don't have a quarterback. They need a quarterback badly. I was like, okay, Jane or Cynthia. I don't know. She looks like a Jane, ironically enough, Cynthia Freeland. I want to say Jane when I see her, but when I like when I reference her, but it's like her name is Cynthia. Not Jane, but she does look like a Jane. But 15th overall, Trey Lance to the Patriots. That's an easy pick. Easy pick. You need a quarterback. You don't have one. You had two. Yeah, you started three or you played with three. You don't have one. Trey Lance is now your guy. Awesome, awesome pickup. And then the Cardinals get some offensive line help. Christian Derrishaw out of Virginia Tech. Help out Kyler. Jesus H. Christ, he needs it. The, the, the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why she has so many like edge rushers coming out. But she has Jay, Jason away out of Penn State going to the to the Raiders. And then she has Jalen Phillips, my third edge rusher, going to the to the Dolphins. I'm like, Jane, oh, J- Cynthia, damn it. Not Jane, Cynthia. Excuse me. I'm liking it a lot. I like some of these picks. I don't necessarily like Jace, Jason away to the Raiders, but, you know. I do like Jalen Phillips and Christian Derrissaw. And then Washington gets a steal and Patrick Sertain. Yeah, he fell to them. Disgrace. Hate it. But I also get it. Then she has Rondale Moore, wide receiver out of Purdue. Like, mm, maybe we need to reevaluate some of these players. J.C. Horn goes to the Colts to pair with Xavier Rhodes. That's a great pick. Christian Bymore helping out the interior because I think the Tennessee Titans, they released, I think his name is Jarrell Casey, if I'm not mistaken. His name is Casey. He was one of their, no, 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 no. He did that, la- they did that last year and they have never been the same. But yeah, they got Christian Barmore, best defensive tackle in the draft. Easily going into the Tennessee Titans. Fantastic pickup. Greg Newsome, the second, out of North uh, Western, one of the best corners in the NFL, or not in the NFL, one of the best corners in the draft. Going to the Jets. Another awesome pickup, just Making their team just so damn good. Where else? Where else? Corners. I don't have, not corners, offensive tackles. Dylan Redunce, I think, is one of my last offensive tackles out of North Dakota State. Yeah, he's my fifth. And she and they have and she has them selecting him in the first round. Wow, that's so many, like. That's like a lot of edge rushers and like a lot of tackles, man. She gutted like Rashawn Slater, Christian Derrissaw. She t- like all five of my top five tackles she takes. She has Dylan Redunce over Jalen Mayfield, but Jalen Mayfield goes like later on. Like we're at, we're at pick 24, ironically enough. Jeremiah Wusukormoa, my number one linebacker, gets drafted 25th overall to the Jags. Makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. And I think he may go there. Trevon Merrick goes to the Browns. Okay, all right. Jalen Mayfield, once again, offensive tackle. Michigan going to the Baltimore Ravens. 
Kadarius Tony, excuse me, goes to the Saints. I would draft a quarterback. Rashad Bateman goes to the Packers to help out Aaron Rodgers. Please help out Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, um, what else? The Bills they get Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. Not a big fan of that pick. Aziz Ojolari, edge rusher out of Georgia, goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. And then Levy, I cannot say his last name. Defensive tackle goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of Washington. That was an awesome draft. That was an awesome, 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 awesome mock draft. Again, I don't say this much. I I looked at that mock draft. I was I was very shocked. I was like, this is pretty doggone good. I like it. And boy howdy, do I like it. A lot. Anyways, let me kind of look at some of this other stuff. What do I got? Oh, yeah, I had this quote about some Buffalo Bills and things of that nature. I, I don't know if I'll get into it. We'll kind of we'll kind of check it out here. We'll kind of see what's up. Is there anything else? computer-wise, and I want to talk about... I have some quotes from Dak talking about his contract situation. I'm not going to play it. Not gonna, we've already addressed his contract. You know what? I should. I should. You know what? I'm going to provide the proper... the proper context. Where is it? I just literally got it off my computer. Is this it right here? Yeah, this is it. It's just titled incredibly weird the tab that i closed and then reopened all right <clears throat> let me kind of find it here i don't think i time stamped it i think i just like i think i just like what was it yeah i think i just like put it put it on certain things and things of that nature Blah, 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 blah. Nah, some of these quotes aren't really that interesting. It's quotes that are over a year old, or not over a year old, but they're from the Grand Bazinger Show, and these are like quotes that are like seven, seven months old? No, they're like six months old. But I mean, essentially, it's like saying the exact same thing. So like, uh, I don't know, uh, they're, they're not, we're not going to play them. Essentially, he was like, I just, like, he explained why certain things happen the way that he happened, but, like, it's not anything, like, extraordinarily, like, world-breaking or groundbreaking, so I won't really play it. Not won't really, but I won't play it. Sorry. All right. Ooh, what did I just get rid of? All right. Anything else here? I also have the Cam Newton. The Cam Newton... What was it? He was on I Am Athlete, that podcast. I have Cam Newton on that. <clears throat> Before I get started with that, because that may be, ironically enough, a solid hour as well. Before I get started on that, I do want to play this. All right. Here's some guys, 105.3, the fan talking about John McClain, talking about 
the trade offers for Deshaun Watson that the Houston Texans received within the last, I would guess, month to two months since January. Let's find out. Then John McClain went on the fan in D.C. and said five teams? What? Only five teams have called the Texans about Deshaun? And, of course, the reason they had him on in Washington, D.C. was to ask if the football team was one of those squads. The Washington football team, if you don't know the reference. And he said no. John McClain said Washington had not called the Texans and left a voicemail because they're not answering uh, or returning any phone calls. So I found it surprising. One, Washington didn't. First and foremost, um, it's a lie. This is, once again, um, understanding how the media is playing games. Not the media, but how teams are playing games with the media. 1,000% people called about Deshaun. People called about Russell Wilson. Like, a third of the league called about Russell Wilson. You don't think... And Russell Wilson doesn't want out of Seattle. A third of the league called about Russell Wilson, even though he doesn't want out of Seattle. He's just pissed off that the team is managing... How the team? How, he, he's just pissed off about how Pete Carroll and the team is managing the team, but he doesn't want out. Deshaun wants out. He said, "I'm never putting on a, a Houston Texans jersey." Five teams only called. No, they didn't. That's just McNair and Casario being like, uh, like, 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 like damage control or doing damage control. They can't say that no teams have called about Deshaun, but what they can say is five, which is still not even close. If you're going to lie about it, make it at least eight or nine. Like, eight or nine, yeah. Like, yeah, not a lot, you know. Deshaun is called. Not Deshaun is called, excuse me. But teams have called about Deshaun, but, we, you know, I mean, it's not a significant amount, right? But the thing is, is that they gave that information to John McClain. Again, veteran of the game in Houston. Has been covering things, not things, excuse me, but has been covering sports within Houston for the last 30 years. John McClain went on Washington radio and talked about it. And he's like, yeah, like Washington wasn't in the mix. It's like, I don't know if they're in the mix or not. I don't know. But I do know that more than five fucking teams called the Houston Texans about Deshaun Watson. I mean, we can just kind of count them on our hands, right? Um, The Jets, the Dolphins. I mean, hell, we can even do, and this isn't, factual this is just like you know speculation right jets the dolphins 49ers the um who else carolina we know that they actually offered like a deal they offered like i think two three maybe four first rounders i think it was like three or four first rounders and then christian mccaffrey for deshaun and like five is like I don't know. It could be any team, really. It could be like the Bears. Nope, the Bears, they were pursuing Carson Wentz instead of Deshaun. But what's like a legitimate offer? Is it like just a phone call to feel it? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I could be wrong about it. Maybe it's like, maybe what maybe what John McClain was talking about was like a legitimate deal instead of just like asking like, hey, is he available? I, like, I don't know. I don't know the defineness of it, the definiteness of it. Point is, like, do I believe that five teams are honest to God interested in trading for Deshaun? Oh, absolutely not. It's more. Eight, nine, ten, or eleven. 
really. If they, like, honest to God, look at their quarterback situation and then they look at Deshaun Watson's tape, they're like, wait a second. Um, our quarterback isn't as good as Deshaun. And if Deshaun wants out, it's like, wait, we could actually uh, go ahead and get Deshaun. Why not? He's available. We got to go get a quarterback because our quarterback is not very good. I believe five teams called him about Deshaun. I think it was more than five. Another thing I want to talk about. Let me sit down for this. Let me sit down. thing I want to talk about is Lamar, right? So people are out on Lamar, right? Or at least they're starting to be out. Oh, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, he doesn't win games. Lamar Jackson doesn't win playoff games, even though he won a playoff game this year, right? Lamar Jackson is one and two in play. Well, not everybody can be Patrick Mahomes and go to the Super Bowl in their first two years in the NFL. Starting first three years in the NFL. So I've been saying it, I mean, as long as I can say it. I've said, Lamar needs help. For the love of Christ, get him some damn help. I said it last year when he won the MVP. I was like, I, th- I think they should be, I-, I think they should have gotten him some help last year. And then I was like, you know, like, fucking they need to get him help again this year, man. And it's like, like, like I remember early on in the mock draft pros, uh, prospect process where I was like looking at some mock drafts and I was doing some mock drafts like a couple of months ago. I kept on seeing like, like, Devonte Smith falling to the Baltimore Ravens, and I was laughing it up because I was like, "Ha, I'll take him for Lamar." But it's like now, the reality is there's not like a great wide receiver that's gonna fall unless you like. There's not a great number one wide receiver unless you want to reach for Terrace Marshall Jr. or you know one of these other guys. Like, there's not a, a great guy that's gonna fall to the to the Ravens. It's like you can either build up a wide receiving core and tell Lamar, hey, guys, like, listen, you you need to distribute the ball around and things of that nature. We're going to start having, you know, you you sling it around a little bit more. You need to do that, or you need to get him a number one wide receiver because, Jesus Christ, man, I'm sick and tired of seeing Lamar Jackson run around and not be in some of these games. I talked about it when he faced off against the Chiefs. I was like, like – like, this is the difference. Like, the, the gap between the Chiefs and the Ravens is obvious. Like, they the, the Chiefs have an actual passing game. Ravens don't. They got to get a passing game. They don't have one. It's like I saw so many throws that could have been to, like, a wide receiver, a number one guy, Hollywood. I saw throws that could have uh, – I saw catches, attempts, things of that nature. Go to, like – Mark Andrews and Boyle over like Hollywood Brown and 
Willie Sneed and all these other guys. And it's like, and, and Devin Duvernay. And it's like, listen, if you don't like the guys, then get another guy. Well, how much money do, do, do they have in cap space? They should try and go after T.Y. Hilton. If they, like, if they, or Allen Robinson, they need to get another wide receiver. If they're going to be in this, like, modern offense, let me look up Baltimore's cap space. If they're going to, like, be in, in the NFL, in this modern NFL, and if they're going to try and compete with the Chiefs, which, I mean, which is what I would assume that they would try and do, they have to get fucking, they got to get some some help for Lamar. They got to. They have $18 million. Yeah, you can sign T.Y. Well, how much cap? No, you can't. You can't do it. The cap is probably going to be $180 million. They don't have the cap. Maybe. But my point is, you've got to find a way to get some help for Lamar. Preferably a number one wide receiver. You've got to figure that out. That is like the most important position going into next season. Getting Lamar Jackson some goddamn help. It's like the most important thing. And it's like I look at Baltimore and I'm like, I don't I don't know how. I don't know how they're going to fucking do it. I don't know. But they've got to. They've got to. I'm not a Baltimore Ravens fan. I'm a Cowboy and Patriot fan. But they've got to fucking get Lamar Jackson some fucking help because I'm I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing him get blasted. Unnecessarily, by the way. Anyways. That's something else for you today. Kind of talk about some free agency news. So Alex Smith was released by the Washington football team. I think it was Monday. I didn't talk about it because I forgot to. And also today, Kyle Rudolph, he also got released by the Vikings as well. And you're going to see, like, I remember I saw, like, Jared Cook and Jason Hill, the two Saints tight ends, they got released today as well. Just because it's like people, they're, they're trying to, Save some money on the cap. Well, they got released. Those guys got released. And it's like, listen, man. There's going to be some, like, really, really awesome free agents that are going to be available. Like, Kyle Rudolph is a really, really awesome tight end. A blocking and receiving tight end. I mean, he's an awesome, awesome tight end. And then... You also have Alex Smith. Listen, I want Alex Smith as a backup quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. I want him badly. I mean, we think of the mentoring aspect with Patrick Mahomes. You think of the straight-up and consummate professional. I like the way that he plays in the sense of it's very, very conservative. And he's a super, super smart dude. And I like the guy. I like Alex Smith, the person. I would want him. I, I was a Dallas Cowboy. I'm not going to lie to you. However, I would want Kyle Rudolph as a Patriot. He's an awesome tight end. He's been in the league for 10 years, and he his production has fallen off. But, I mean, considering that the Patriots don't have a tight end to save their life, 
I mean, he's like Gronk except older and slower. And it's hard because Gronk is old and slow, but he's not like as old and slow as Kyle Rudolph. But Kyle Rudolph has like those same traits as like Gronk. Big ass dude. I mean, he's a Viking. He's, he's like a little Viking. Big ass human being. I mean, the same seam throws that Gronk catches or caught in New England, Kyle Rudolph can catch them in New England as a Patriot. And I mean, he has strong hands too. He could probably like squeeze the life out of a boa constrictor. Do you realize how hard it is to grab a snake by its neck? Its whole body is a muscle and it'll curl up around your body. Kyle Rudolph could probably strangle a boa constrictor. I wouldn't, I don't know how, but he could. So Alex Smith, Kyle Rudolph, they're both available. You're going to see like big name free agents potentially be available as well. Maybe Kenny Galladay, maybe Allen Robinson. I don't know, but they may be uh, franchise tagged. Mm, I don't know. But I mean, my goodness. I never thought that they, the, that some of the guys that were released within the last couple of days would be released. But holy smokes, Kyle Rudolph, fucking Jason Hill and Jared Cook. Wow. Some really, really awesome tight ends in the last couple of years. Not in the last couple of years, excuse me, but in the last couple of days have been released. Go get them. And maybe you'll see, you know, a big named wide receiver be released and not signed or not tagged. Maybe it'll be T.Y. Maybe it'll be Allen. Maybe they'll say, you know what, those guys are too invaluable to be released. Maybe not. But the starter free agency, man, has absolutely, absolutely been just like, Oh my God, I think I read something and I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. But it's like, you know, these last couple of days, this, the, oh my God, my brain just had a fucking fart. But it's like, <clears throat> this year's free agency is going to be wild. It's just going to be fucking wild. My eyes are tired. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Um,. Let me kind of check this out here. I have some other stuff as well. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I have the Cam Newton thing. I'm getting tired. Again, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. Do I want to end it with that? Or do I want to keep on pushing? Let me see it. Let me see what I got on cam. You know what? We'll do we'll do the the cam the Cam Newton thing on I am athlete because this is like one of their biggest episodes and I thought that it was an interesting little conversation with Cam Newton. It's not a lot, it's just a little bit. We'll kind of talk about it. It's been overplayed. Everybody has heard about it. This is like a week or two old. Still think it's interesting. Here is, um, I was going to talk about 
Cam is going to be talking about here on this particular clip about essentially his discomfort with COVID-19, after COVID-19. Now, remember, Cam Newton was out for a good, like, two weeks after he had caught COVID-19. And after that two-week period, like, like, not after, but, like, during that two-week period, he felt like he was fine. Like, physically, he, he was asymptomatic, apparently. Um, but after that two-week memory, not two-week memory, but after those two weeks, he kind of reports what is essentially brain fog, frog, excuse me, which brain fog is a pretty common symptom post-COVID-19. If you've never had it, I've never had it. But it's a very, it's it's very common in people with COVID nineteen, and sometimes it can last for like months after you get it. So yeah, uh, like it kind of explains why after he had COVID, like I remember like his first couple of games, it's like oh like Cam's kind of playing well, then he caught COVID, and then it's like wait like Cam Newton kind of sucks, and this kind of explains why he sucked. Here's Cam Newton, I am athlete, <clears throat> excuse me, I am athlete podcast talking about COVID. It's like a, a time. Let me, let me turn it up. To, to really collect yourself and, and, and do this. This is as loud as it goes. But by the time I came back, I didn't feel comfortable. Physically. Skillfully. And a lot of that discomfort came pre-snap. I've, I've always valued my talents as something that's the, the improv. Like, I'm going to make a play. I know how to make a play. I'm going, you know... In this system, it dictates, you know, by certain things and working extra with, you know, Josh and I had Jed Josh at the my time. Head. Yeah, Jed was my receiver coach. Yeah, Josh was my he head talked, coach. spoke so highly of you, bro. And throughout those times, there was times where it's just like, hold on, set why they? Am I supposed to set why they? Why they? And I'm like, lost of, like, hold on, I'm I'm thinking too much. Right. And and that's where you talk about the cars in the offseason. Right. So so if I'm going back to that analogy, the offense kept going and I only could I was stopped and stagnant for a week, two weeks. Then by the time I came back, it was new terminology and it was new. I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But go back to level one. Right. But I wasn't just trying to learn a system for what it was. I was learning a, let's be honest, a 20 year system Correct. in two months. Correct. Well, I had it. I had it and I pride myself on being a high football IQ guy. Mm-hmm. And it took me, hold on, y'all, all three, y'all can speak to this too, cause, cause y'all right. played in New England. Yeah, right. and, and, but I had Josh McDaniels in Denver. And, and you know, uh, most teams say 11 personnel, 11 personnel. We got tight end, we got three wides, we got one back. Right, that's just 11 personnel. We can go trips right, we can go deuce right, we can go double, we can do all that, we can go trips, we, uh, bunch, all of that. The New England, Josh McDaniels, Army, Navy, I don't know if they still had that stuff. Army, Navy, this person and that person in. So, so that was the first time I understood how complex so just to the put system it, is. Just, just to put it in layman's terms. So let's say for instance, this is a personnel, right? And we call trips right. We call this McDonald's personnel, right? So Chad, you at X, obviously. No, I'm X, he can go to Z. I'm X. Z. I'm real bad. All right, I gotta cut him off here because um, they're just gonna go into like, Ocho Cinco is gonna start arguing with Brandon Marshall on who's gonna be the X. And um, it kind of like, the analogy kind of gets lost in, the, in translation. But like, 
kind of like hearing Cam Newton talk about it, I was like, I could kind of see him going from like week one to like week four, week five, maybe week six, whenever, whenever he caught it, going from like when he started to when he caught it to then like after that. And I was like, wow, his play declined significantly for months. And again, like the brain fog, not frog, the brain fog can happen for like months on end, like six, seven months. Like, and then he talked about how he like lost his sense of smell as well. It's like, oh yeah, he had COVID. And then like it, like, like the point that I'm trying to make here is that it makes sense that he was playing like really, really badly for like a good, not for a good six to seven months, but like for a good, like 10 plus games, because it's like, wow, like maybe not 10 plus games, but like for a good, like six, seven, eight games after he contracted COVID-19, because it's like, it, like, like, yeah, brain frog or brain. I don't know why I keep saying brain frog, brain fog. He had brain fog, not frog, fog. Makes sense. And it kind of like thought, I kind of thought of myself, I was like, man, like would I want Cam Newton back to try to give him another chance, even though he had, you know, not even though he had, but excuse me, but because he had COVID and I kind of messed with his ability to comprehend things. No, I'm fine. (laughs) But uh, we got like two more quotes and then we'll peace out. Here he is talking about the philosophy of the Patriots, which is essentially why I'm a New England Patriots fan. I, I love the Patriots because of their ability to win, because of their drive to win, because of their, essentially because of their focus exclusively on winning and nothing else. I love the Patriots. Here, here's Cam talking about the philosophy of the Patriots. Bill, Bill not cold, he, he, bro. Well, he, no, no, he's, he's not. not. Like, Josh isn't either. No. Like, nobody's on that team has this aura where you do not want to be around them. It's everything is geared to win. And if you're not if you're not built for that, that's not the place. For that's you. on you. Right, and right. I say this, that's not the place where you want to lose either. Mm-mm. And I found that out the hard way. So like those are it's certain things that's going by and there was some 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 skeptical things that was going on that I could have reacted and retaliated to. But I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do that. I just got to be better. You're on a one. You're on a one year. One year deal. Would you go back? Yes. Hell yes. Especially, uh, definitely, with the offseason, you get offseason. You got OTA. Everything. I don't have to. Ch- I'm getting tired of changing, bro. I'm at a point in my career, bro. I know. I know way more than I knew last year. Correct. Now you give me what you just said. Yeah. It's, and, it's and a different now, ball game. Hey, it's a different ball game. Okay. Not even that. A, a system with me. You know what I'm saying? Like they know me. Doughboy knows me. Jacoby knows me. Bud knows me. The, the young tight ends know me. The younger guys that's going to come in, this is how I can react. Like, we're, we're still trying to flush out the 20 years of how it used to be. And I'm going in, and I'm not and I'm saying, well, that's not me. Is there a chance you go back to New England? There's always a chance for everything. Y'all talking? I can't say that. You know I got to play by half. Come on, man. Hey, 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 but, yeah, but it's a lot of things. Yeah. It's a lot of things that, that, that you say – Bro, I can't. Nah, that's not me, bro. I'm not about to sit up here and go back and forth with with coach. And it, it was tempted sometimes to do it, but you realize it's coming from a space of, bro. I just want to get my job done. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we the number one offense, right? There are some things that said that you know with quick tempers in a, in a, in, a, in a in a meeting where he's just like, coach, hold on, bro. Like you trying me, bro. Like you ain't talking. Say my name. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But you can't you can't take that route. First off, I didn't have no leverage. I'm on a one year deal. Right. You know what I'm saying? And right, I'm getting right. I'm getting I had got yeah, I'm getting yanked for me saying all those things, bro. I'm not gonna do that. But but you one, you still Cam Newton. That's facts. No, no, they they changed the entire offense to adhere to your ability. When you look at what they did, New England has never done that much on the ground. Yeah. Even from the time that I was, even when Corey yeah, Dillon yeah, was yeah, there, they, yeah. they, hadn't, they hadn't done that much. And you're coming behind the goat, mm -hmm. right? So for them to come in and say, all right, we believe in this guy's ability so much, we're going to change our entire philosophy, right? And you guys ran out, you, 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 it was some success early. COVID happened, some other things happened. Defense wasn't playing as great as they had been playing. All right, I can't hear anything. Like it's starting to get muffled because of the uh, because of like you know how things are going and things of that nature. But essentially, what they're trying to say, essentially a couple of different things. It's a little bit of a loaded conversation. That's kind of all I had. Wow, I'm tired. <laughs> I seriously got to stop recording at like midnight. But essentially, what they're trying to say to Cam, and what Cam is trying to say here. That the whole, like, Patriot offense, not Patriot offense, whole Patriot team is geared around winning. You know, it's why players, like, you hear players killing themselves. Oh, that doesn't sound right. You hear, like, the coach is killing the players. I didn't want to say kill. <laughs> that would have been bad with, uh, like, killing. No. But you hear, like, the, the coach is killing the players, you know, in practice, like, brutalizing them, having them run hills having them do very, very physical drills, having them, you know, play in the snow and things of that nature. You hear about all that stuff. And, like, the purpose is to win, essentially. Like, the reason why the players put up with that is there's, you know, a golden chest at the end of the, the struggle. There's a reward for the struggle, you know? You get something out of it. You get something of value out of it. You get a Super Bowl. You get playoff wins. You get playoff appearances if you've never been to the playoffs. And what Cam was saying in that quote, in that like very, very long quote, was essentially like, hey, man, listen, New England's all about winning while also gearing certain things to players. Like in his case, they ran the football a lot more with both the running backs and with the quarterback himself. Because they had, they had essentially like des not design, excuse me, but they had kind of like they had figured out that he is a running quarterback. Like like that's not a surprise. So they were like, cool, we're gonna make our offense a running offense with you know with with maybe not a focus on the core. Like I, my mind is foggy. I'm having brain fog right now. I'm very very tired. But essentially, what they decided on doing is they decided on focusing their offense on running the football while also having the quarterback run as well, which they did. They did do that. And, I mean, in some cases it worked. In other cases it didn't. But the Patriots, they understood what Cam Newton was about when it came to his ability to play the sport, what they could do to help him, and they did. They tried their best, but he was terrible. And it's like, I don't know if Cam's going to end up on a team. I don't know if it's going to be on the Patriots. And, you know, he said something interesting at the end of it, at the end of that podcast. He said, like, I'm at the point of my career where I'm, like, tired of moving around and stuff like that. 
It's like, I got to wonder, it's like, would he go back to the Patriots and be a Patriot? Like, I, I think Cam is done, in my opinion. Like, I just think Cam, like, I just think he can't play the position. I think he hasn't learned how to play the position. And so I'm like, like with Cam, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what he's like, like with Cam, it's like, I don't necessarily know like how he's going to play in the NFL for the foreseeable future. He already can't throw like everybody's talking about his ability to run. But again, they ran the fuck out of the football, man. So it's like, for me, I just, I look at Cam and I'm like, man, like he's got a long, long way to go to get on a team. It could be essentially like what happened last year where he took a, where it took a really, really long time for him to get signed. I'm not a talent guy. I mean, he's got a lot of talent. He's got a big arm. You know, he's got the attributes, the intangibles, but the reality is the intangibles don't matter if he can't tangibly put them into something. Maybe not the intangibles, but the, but the, the arm strength, all that stuff doesn't matter if you can't actually put it together to an actual, like, you know, to an actual scheme, I guess. Maybe not scheme. What's the word I'm looking for? To a, a play style, I guess. I'm tired. I'm out. I don't have an outro song. This has been 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. If you like this podcast, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. Um, no podcast tomorrow. Technically, this is today. I'm going to have a podcast on Friday. I'm tired. Um, I'll see you. I'll see you tomorrow. No, I'll see you. I guess I will see you tomorrow, but I'm not going to upload like early tomorrow. It's going to be late tomorrow. Because today's Thursday. I'm tired. It's very confusing. I'll see you tomorrow, I guess.